love this track, man. Uh, yeah, I love it. I call it Raindrops. Um, I was going for like a lo-fi cafe kind of sound, you know, that it's kind of trendy right now. No, it's not your thing. You don't care. Okay. Well, anyway, um, why am I so relaxed? Well, that's because I just got through the month of October and uh, that's a big deal. Um, if you've listened to some of my past episodes, you would know that I have talked about the month of October being the busiest month, not just for my church, but also for my family. And we, you know, we go through like three birthdays in the family. And then, you know, if you include church family and our close friends, it's like 20 other birthdays. And then, of course, the two big events is um, our, well, at the end of the month is our haunted house or our, our play harvest carnival thing we do for the church and conference uh, we have the week of conference our bible conference with the church and that's a huge deal it's like in ministry uh one of the things I, t- I tell guys that that are in ministry i tell them you know you do everything you do for the week of conference like that's that's like if 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 you're if you would treat the whole year like practice then the big game is the week of conference and um, yeah, it's huge. So uh, on another note, I'm going to get back into the conference thing. I've been doing this for over a year, you know, applause. Yay. Um, yeah, for over a year, I think I actually started sometime between like June and September. Uh, September. Um, yeah, somewhere between. That's a big window, huh? I guess I guess realistically, I know I started in July at least. And I had a couple a couple months of trial and error and seeing what worked and didn't work and what I wanted to do and didn't want to do and and I had to learn like Anchor and Spotify and and what uploading was like and um you know I, I had to go through some ups and downs of figuring it out and um after getting through it it's been a year and uh somewhere in the middle of October last year I like did a reset where I kind of uh situated my episodes differently like if you uh, you don't study my podcast as much but the beginning of the podcast I talk about like what it's about and the reason that was originally like like episode seven or something and then I I made it episode one and anyway uh, with all that said um I've been doing this for a little while and I was like you know what I I, want to get more themes and topics and whatnot so this episode is going to be on post-conference or post-October. And um, after kind of getting a little bit of a niche or kind of like, I like, this is how I want the flow to be and everything. Um, And then I think my last big episode, well, not big episode, but more recent was Inspired. And that was about how I'm I'm trying to to harness this, if you will, do something with it. Anyway, uh, I'm working on it. I'm going to end this soon and get into a season two kind of thing. So, conference. The week of conference, um, how do I explain this? So we got like, man, where do I start? Okay, we okay. so Sunday is essentially like the unofficial start of conference. And then Monday night is like the official start. You don't even know what conference is. So conference is like, it's a week-long slew of sermons. Okay, I'm having a hard time explaining this. Um, I need some help. You know what? I'm going to get some help. We're right there. Hold on one second. Just don't move. Don't go anywhere. Be right back.
cut it. Go ahead and cut it. Cut it. Cut it. We're gonna do. We're gonna redo the whole intro. Yeah. Let me go get some. We're gonna get through this and get some help right now. Herbert Campbell. All the way. Oh, oh, my bad. All the way from the ghetto side of San Antonio, my brother Paul Jimenez. We here, baby. Let's go. We had some technical difficulties we had to work through just now. It was all. We got him back up. It was all a rough try. Mm-hmm. Yep. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you should have heard it. I was coughing and choking I was like throwing up and then still kept eating this spicy ramen does that say artificial oh god don't look at that (laughs) (laughs) it says bulldog artificial spicy ramen flavor so it's an artificial chicken flavor but it's double spice um, artificial chicken flavor chicken flavor artificial oh, okay. chicken flavor but the spice and heat is all there baby spice is real spice is real make you sweat so uh paul i had to go uh sneak you out of the ghetto yeah and bring you here yeah. to talk about conference yeah he did and um for the record you know the saying like i don't know how the original saying goes but in this case with the ghetto you can say like you could take a man out of the ghetto yep. but you can't take it out of him right yeah. But in your case, it's like you take a man out of the ghetto, but he doesn't go right back to it. <laughs> <laughs> he just finds a way back. Oh, oh, what do you know? <laughs> hey, I just go right back over Zing. there. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, that's true. I, I literally live like, uh, is it like through, not even, I don't know if it's a couple of miles, maybe it's more blocks. There's a couple of blocks from the house that my grandma lived in, I was basically raised in. So I love it. I didn't know that was your grandma's house. Yeah, that house that's on um, West on, West Rock or uh, on Andros, the one that's on Andros, like uh, when you're on military and Westfield. Westfield. When you go down west, down there, there's Andros in that corner. That's where my grandma used to live. Okay. Yep. <clears throat> I knew about the the Westfield home, but I didn't know it was your grandma's house. Yeah, that one was my grandma's house, and so I'm like not even that far from her, or from that house. Let's put it that way. Now my grandma's in Hondo, so living it up country style. So, um, I'm trying to think of time frames, but basically what I wanted to talk about this episode was conference or mm-hmm. church conference. And what we do is we do a Bible conference that takes place from Sunday through Friday. Mm-hmm. Sunday, we got our unofficial start in the morning and the evening. We got our Monday night official start. And then Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, we've got three sermons in the morning and a big sermon, one, one evening service, yeah. Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, yeah. Friday. Thursday night is the uh, international night. International world evangelism. We'll show we'll show a video, and mm-hmm. we got we'll send out missionaries. Yep. And then Friday we will send out people in general. In general. And just I guess national. Domestic. Yeah, domestic. domestic national. So that's here in the states, and of course that's varies over 
over, around the world. How many? We have like what three thousand churches now. Uh, what did they say the estimated amount? Because if I remember right, they said okay, there's a number, but that's not a true up to date sure. number. Sure. Yeah, because there's now the church now the fellowships at a point where there's like you said multiple conferences rallies which is always a good thing but all these rallies and then people are sending people out and it's like okay by the time it even who knows if it, i don't know how they do that part where they they get it back to prescott so they know who's out and where they are so that they can be on the registry but um yeah i'm sure that there's probably give or take 100 or 200 more church or something like that. more right. churches than what they even have on account i want to say it was close to like three grand i thought it was like currently yeah well currently being like within the last year or yeah. so and um and this would have started at least for our fellowship our church like in the late 70s i want to say mid to late 70s mm-hmm. and then um and i don't know how they did it back in the day i'm sure Somebody does, but I am ignorant of that because we both came into the church in the early two thousands. Yeah, we did. And um, do you remember your first church conference? Like yeah. for our church, you yeah. do. Uh, our church, yeah. Well, I no, do. for our church, yeah, not yeah. For, yeah for our for church, San Antonio. I do. I do. I remember it. Um, two thousand and three or four for you. No, it was all five. It was all five. Yeah, I got I got saved outside of our uh, fellowship, and then it came in. So oh five, February. Uh, when you came in, I was here maybe like two weeks or a week before you came in. So wow. what's crazy is I can remember, <laughs> I can vividly remember Fiesta. Yeah. Um, cause cause the wrestling skit, I can vividly remember um, Tucson conference, yeah. and then uh, boot camp. But I don't remember our church conference. I don't like. I'm not gonna say it. I remember like sermons but i just remembered the fact that there was so many people and it wasn't like an overwhelming thing it was an eye-opening thing like surprise like man these are all the people that are like doing the things that we do like we're all fired up and we're you know preaching and winning trying to win souls and send people out like and i didn't really even know what sending out was because at the time mark mark rodriguez was a door director Ah, I remember that. Yeah. And so uh, one of the guys that used to be here, Renee, he would tell me, like, do you see what's going on High here? pitch laugh, Renee? Yeah. 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 Okay. <laughs> <laughs> he, uh, so he would say, uh, man, whose laugh does that remind me of, actually? It's gonna, it, it'll come to me. It'll come to me. Uh, oh, did you ever watch? Uh, you watched Martin, right? Yeah. Okay. Remember when he has a cousin? And the cousin was a, a fake bootleg Eddie Murphy. That's the same type of laugh. <laughs> uh, anyway, um, yes. so uh, so he had told me, he was like, oh, see what's going on here? I was like, uh, no. He said he's getting ready to get sent out. Like his family's going to go preach and this and that. And I was like, oh, okay. But I didn't even, it's still, I didn't even know he was necessarily talking about. It's just one of those things where... Like you just sitting and you just be in the atmosphere. In my to me as a newcomer, you just sit and just be in the atmosphere, and that's really the majority of what you get um, in that first year. Yeah, because I I don't remember what it was like, but I do some some of what you're talking about. Like I remember seeing Mark Rodriguez, who's yeah. now in in Roatan, right? Uh, yeah, he was in a Roatan. I think he's uh, oh he's coming back. I think he's he? coming back just because he has to do some uh, uh like some health stuff. That's right. It. Yeah. But I know, uh, man, I forgot about that. It, what's crazy is that was just announced like a few weeks ago. 
mm-hmm. and it's already feels like it was so long ago. Yeah, that's true. But um, okay, so yeah, so he he's been everywhere. Uh, but yeah, I do remember Mark Rodriguez when he was here, and and I don't think I was there for that conversation unless I was because you and I were around the same circle mm-hmm. early on. So some of those first new convert early yeah. conversations I was a part of. Yeah, because we were being talked to like by the same guys, and yeah. I, I I strangely remember those words that you said like, mm-hmm. oh yeah, he's getting prepared to get sent yeah. out. You know, he's getting ready to go, and I didn't know what that meant either. Nope. I, I don't remember. Man, I'm trying to remember. I I genuinely cannot remember our first, like my first year. Mm-hmm. But it's because I was so blown away. Not to say anything bad about San Antonio, <laughs> but I was so blown away by Tucson. Tucson, yeah. Because we went to Tucson. Yeah, we went to Tucson yeah. first, actually. Yeah, now that I think we about first. it, we, that mm-hmm. was our first conference. Yep. It wasn't our church. It was Tucson's conference. Yep. And we drove over there. Yep, and Ben's car. Ben, ben and then uh, Joe. Joe and Michelle. Michelle. And I... Barely remember the ride because I was 16. So you were what, 20? 20? 21? Yeah, 20. And um, I remember all I can remember from that drive was falling asleep and waking up to Ben freaking out to a dust storm. Do you remember the dust storm? Oh, okay. So uh, I was the same way. I was asleep. I woke up and uh, there was like a few minutes. It was only a few minutes. So it was kind of a weird thing. I woke up and I was talking with Ben for a little. And then all of us, it really was out of the blue. It was in El Paso. It just popped up. Boom. I didn't know where it was. Yeah. yeah, it was in El Paso. Boom. But they have signs that'll say dust storm warnings. Yeah, yeah. And it was one of those things where he immediately stopped because you couldn't see anything. And almost within a couple of feet, all of a sudden it's bright taillights and mm-hmm. it was a semi. Yeah, that big old yeah. uh, 18 wheeler. Yeah. Because yeah. I, I remember waking up to him like freaking out, not that same. Yeah, couldn't see anything. Mm-hmm. And then he had stopped, and we were, like, right next to yeah. an 18-wheeler. Yeah. What did he have? He had a Honda? It was, like, a Civic. Yeah, that's what like I thought. Like, a tiny Civic, yeah. man. We would have been, like, a... It was like a, a it was a two, wasn't it? Two-door? Yeah. No, yeah, yeah. yeah. You're right. Like, a coupe? Yeah. So, <laughs> we would have been, like, a trash can of that thing. Yeah. <laughs> they would have hit us. Oh, yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah, that's we crazy, been man. in the, in the trailer. <laughs> I remember, so, I remember going to that, and then um, you and I, like, legitimately didn't own a suit. Yeah, um, so we went to the Goodwill up there. We went to the Goodwill, yeah. and we Goodwill. were, we were uh, discipled yeah. into yeah. how to buy cheap suits. Which was Joe Michelle's specialty. That's right. That's right. That's right. We like He showed us how to find the yellow or green <laughs> stickers. <laughs> he said, this is what you look for. <laughs> he said, oh, match this. And then, you know what? They probably have some flag. I don't know. <laughs> well, I, I remember us going to Goodwill. And, you know, it's our first... We don't know what to expect. Right. We have no idea what to do. I barely have any money. And I think all I have is, like, my per diem money or whatever. Right. The, the, I don't know what they call it. The... I guess the sponsor the money. food money. Or, yeah. yeah. And for the week. Yeah. And um, I don't know if I brought any money besides that, man. <laughs> like, I'm trying to think. Like, I don't I remember working. having a whole lot outside of that either. So we went... We This is... Now, looking back at it, it's pretty phenomenal, man. Because we just basically on a whim said, yeah, we'll yeah, go. That's true. Like, no preparation. No, like, we're about to travel with people. Well, so we knew Ben pretty We knew well. Ben, and I think really that's what it was. That's was probably ben. what helped us. Because yeah. we knew Ben from, like, teenage years. Yeah. yeah. Um, So riding with him. But then we didn't know Joe very well. And then in the church in general, we would have been, like, like five months. to six months. Months. Yeah, yeah, it was months. really fresh. It's kind of funny because now that you say that, like, we did a lot of 
stuff that year that it was like essentially it, with strangers yeah it, it, it's a lot of <laughs> things with strangers really threw ourselves out there and put ourselves on the forefront and uh uh it just seemed normal i guess you know? <laughs> well well i guess to your point like you said earlier like you just saw this movement with yeah. everybody like oh we're doing the same thing it's yeah. pretty neat so i guess as, i guess you can say we we're following the that excitement you yeah. know kind of mo- the momentum or the, the thrust if you will mm-hmm. so uh and then that was the year that there was a lot there was a marriage every month oh yeah right 2005. there was a wedding every month so between almost. like 2005 and i think 2007 yeah for like two three years mm-hmm. it felt like but i think you're right i think in 2005 it, it legitimately was like yeah. three or four months in a row because it was uh gilbert first or danny first it was one of the two <laughs> And then the other one followed. And then it was Philip. Philip. And then it was, uh, I think it was Alec, right? I think so. I think it was Alec or it was, man, I don't remember. Because I know I ended up at towards the end. And then December? I could have sworn Gabe was December. Oh, okay. If I remember right. <laughs> so December, November, October, no, yeah, yeah. October. Uh, somebody had October. September. So it's like f- basically from like September on, I think. Like yeah. four months. Like four months in a row. Boom, 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 boom. Yeah. Marriage is like crazy. Uh, but, you know, people were like, to me, again, I thought that was a normal thing. Like, oh, yeah, it's always happening. Exactly. So like everybody's exactly. always getting, like somebody's always lining up to get married. And then I found out like, no, that's just, it was just a Hey, so, you know, year. I'm not trying to say that, you know, we're special or anything. Right. But that, <laughs> but that, <laughs> we are literally standing up right now, looking down at the mics like elitists, <laughs> like we should. One hand in our our chest pocket, <laughs> our monocles. <laughs> but 2005, there a lot happened that year. Yeah. Like a lot happened specifically that year. I I remember uh, John. Um, uh flores he, he came, he came in that, in that year, year. Yeah. and i remember because he the stuff that you and i talked about doing he he vividly remembers yeah. that year as well um so we had the big fiesta outreach which which got bigger over time mm-hmm. but we also had uh ernie Toppin come from london yeah and i think he came two maybe three years in a row yeah and um i think it was two 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 and then it was a break and i think he came back but again. we had this week long or half a week long revival with him yeah in like april i mm-hmm. think and then, uh, and then also the outreaches were like constant out of town outreaches. Yeah, yeah, like that's every true. Every weekend, the van was going everywhere. It was constant. Yeah. It was it was going to Austin and then Corpus and then yeah. Houston and then Corpus yeah. again and then like south southern part of San Antonio, Uvalde. Like it was like all over the place yeah. for a little bit. And because I remember the week, I always remember the weekend after I got saved, I went to Corpus. I met Corey Garza. Yeah, that's right. And I remember meeting him because. I didn't know he was a pastor. Yeah. I had no, like we went to Corpus in the van yeah. and then I'm walking around all lost. He sees me and he, intro- he's like, Hey, what's going on? And I was like, Oh yeah, I'm with the church. And I have no idea who he is. And he, uh, he introduces himself as Corey. Yeah. And I was like, Oh yeah, I'm Robert, whatever. And we talk. And then he's like leading the whole thing. Like I read it soon after that, he gets out the pulpit right. and he's like, <laughs> announcing <laughs> everything. Right, and I was like, Oh yeah. shoot, this guy's in charge. You know? <laughs> but uh, yeah. yeah, yeah. It was like intense. It was like, Boom, boom, boom. Like, it was like, yeah. like you said, the momentum. Yeah. And I, I, I know from pretty much from, for me, of course, obviously, for me, it was February because that's when I came in. Yeah. But 
that continuous like March, April, May, June. There was something, something, something big, something yeah. big, 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 big. Yeah. And then, like you said, with like the weddings at the end of the year, and then uh, conference. I I don't remember. I don't remember the week, um, but I do know that I learned. Okay, this is like this is why we're here. Mm-hmm. Like obviously, like I get you know before. Before someone cuts us off and like finds me and throws rocks at me, um, biblically, of course, we're, we're going to church for God, right, you know, right, growing close right. to God and everything. But as far as like our fellowship, you can tell we're doing this to send people out. Yeah, you know, and conference is like so. If the whole year is practice, then it gets to this moment. That's yeah. game time. Is the week of conference? Yeah, yeah. I, it's kind of like your for the. Church, I would say that that is the calendar marker. So it's conference, and then okay, now you have a whole rest of the year, so that um, if you're a, like a, a, a young disciple or if you're a couple or whatever, it said okay, now I have a whole year to whatever God dealt with me on or inspired me on or challenged me on. Now I have a whole year to kind of put that in practice. Okay, let's uh, clear up debt. Let's uh, kind of iron some things out in our marriage let's you know kind of get some things prepped with our children let's get things organized in our home let's start getting a little bit more serious when it comes to outreaches or prayer life or let's uh get involved like with the bible study or let's i'm gonna start uh reading my bible more and kind of preparing my own bible studies or going to sunday schools or or just volunteering more and serving more and so then within that one calendar year, now that it comes out again, it's almost like showtime. Like, it's like, okay, like, I mean, I, I love to exercise. So it'd be like, okay, I did all this training so that when it's now I'm going to go hit this, you know, now it's time to really kind of show myself and like do a, uh, like a lift. Okay, here, this is all the work is done this for, yeah. for this moment. You know what I mean? So see what happens and what God's going to do. So it's like they always say the people that end up on the on the stage it's it's more so what happened to them or what god did with them and all behind the scenes throughout the year mm-hmm. or years or what have you but yeah it's like that calendar year i didn't we i could have sworn that that year we did parking lot so i'm trying to remember if it was 2005 because i was gonna go right into that mm-hmm. i think it might have been the year after mm-hmm. i don't remember if it was 2005 or not but for sure we did do parking lot yeah. for a couple of years, yeah. maybe even a few. Because yeah. um, I do remember doing parking lot at different seasons because here in Texas, you never know what it, the weather's going to be like mm-hmm. in October. We've had years where it's freezing. Yeah. We've had years where it's hot. Raining. Raining all week. Snow, never. <laughs> <laughs> but we've had like all these different seasons. In October, and I, I remember being there for like mult, like different ones where, like you said, it's raining all week and yeah. it's hot or whatever. Um, so we for sure did parking lot, and that actually was a fun, fun ministry. Now I think we did. You know why? Because around our six month mark of being in the church, you remember you and I were asked to do parking lot yeah. for the first time, yeah, together, yeah. And we had no idea what we were doing. Yeah. <laughs> so we had Leroy. Yeah. That's what we had the the <laughs> legend, a parking lot, usher, trainer. Like, I think he just loved doing that. <laughs> All right, you boys, come on out over here. You boys going to wear a tie? Oh, my. You boys want to get serious? You need to come wear a tie. 
<laughs> all right, Leo, we got a tie on. All right, I got boys for you. You got to do some work out here. Hey, I got something special for you. Come on over here around the side of the building. Okay, what do you want, sir? What do you want? I want you two boys to jump in this dumpster. <laughs> you have to jump in the dumpster and smash and jump on these boxes. You want us to jump on them? Yeah, yeah. jump on these boxes, smash them right down real good. Okay. I remember both of those things because <laughs> specific, like you said, well, the two things that I remember is he he made us pick up trash. Oh, that's true. He, he made us walk around. He would and give pick us up bags. Trash. Yeah, that's right. He gave us a bag and made it because we were young and oh, naive. Yeah. That's it. <laughs> you know what? Now I want to know, like. Was it only specifically with the young guys? Like, all the other ushers are inside laughing. <laughs> Suckers. You know what I mean? Look at these dudes. They're getting hazed, and we didn't even realize they're all enthusiastic. Global. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Naive, full of life. <laughs> full of life and <laughs> youth. The youth. <laughs> so we... we, we picked up we got bags we picked up trash like cigarette butts from the floor uh, and, like gum <laughs> put it in our mouth <laughs> we, we picked up all this nonsense in the parking lot and then like you said he it was all to lead us to the dumpster yeah so we can literally dumpster drive yeah hey you know what i forgot about that he would give us a bag you start from the left go all the way around to the right and then by the time we're done he toss it and then he come right back and he watch the car you know what the uh I don't think that there was as much break-ins, right, then? No, I only... So, I do remember break-ins, but I don't know if it was that, like, uh, for us, not right away. Not in 2005 like era, but like I know it. maybe, like, a few years down the road, we yeah. had a few... Didn't you get hit? Didn't you get a no. broken? Oh, I could no, have sworn no. you did. Oh, you know what? Yeah, somebody yeah. broke into yeah, when I was When door. I was a door director. There it is. Yeah, when I was door directing, it was Christmas Eve, mm-hmm. and it showed up. And this would have been, like, five years after. Like 2010, yeah, 2009, yeah, yeah 2010, 2010 uh, around that time, and so it was one of those things where work and all kinds of stuff was rough, and then so I get get home, race to church, no lie, I pulled into the church, we jump out, go inside, didn't talk to anybody, just straight in, walked right into the sanctuary, went to the soundboard, and I swear, I just like put my elbow on it, and I'm looking to see if anybody needs anything, and then somebody says, hey, uh, we need you to come. What? If somebody broke into your car. What? Like, I just got here. How did that happen? And, yeah, they took some. They took some. Uh, some goods. They took some goods, including an all-black Dallas Cowboys. Had I was going to say, I could have sworn there was oh. some Dallas Cowboys uh, yeah. idol worship. That's probably what they have. They probably, they're probably an all-American and said, I want America's team. All-American. <laughs> an all-American. Just, All-American just, heathen. Yeah. <laughs> It was just, you know, it was just a good citizen with a good heart that just got a little greedy in that one moment. You know, he wanted to give his son the best gift possible at Christmas time. He said, that's all black, limited edition. You know what? He's probably Dang. a good guy. Probably a good guy. He's probably somewhere worshiping the Lord right now. <laughs> Dang, that guy. Cowboy, that cowboy's jacket changes life. I hate that guy. <laughs> yeah, because, uh, well, the reason I remember is years down the road, because, so we did parking lot. Oh. And then my dad jumped oh, in the parking he lot. He had the and yeah, probably the worst one, right? I think so, because he was all gun ho about. And because he lot. came out of, you know what he was, because he went and invested like hundreds of dollars in flares for yeah, conference flares. Well, you know what's crazy? Get this, he did all of that yeah. like between two thousand five and two thousand ten. Yeah. That's like a standard today. Oh, for the conference, and then when we got into the new building, yeah. They they were doing flares oh, yeah. for a little while and yeah. everything, 
But like, I mean, he he was serious, man. Yeah. My dad was all into it. Like, yeah. we got to do this. Of yeah. course, former military, you know. Yeah. But uh, yeah, no, he got he got beat up. <laughs> and you know what I remember is the fact that he was in his scrubs. Yeah. So he so, came from work too. So he, he, here's the crazy thing: he didn't he didn't get beat up. Obviously, I'm I'm exaggerating. But man, he got knocked out, dragged down, <laughs> taken ten rounds. Mike Tyson. <laughs> I mean, well, so there was two two punk kids, right? Uh, well, we don't know. We don't know. He he told me it was two guys that. Oh. Well, uh, well, the story progresses. Now, nowadays, I think it was like 10 ninjas. And oh, like, yeah, you know, yeah, like, yeah. <laughs> All of them were 6'7", 200 pounds. <laughs> <They're> <laughs> all linebackers. <laughs> he actually got tackled <laughs> got from, from the roof. <laughs> <laughs> they tackled him into the car, put him in a chokehold. You know? So he was he was on parking lot duty. Yeah. And um, he saw some some punk like breaking in yeah. to a vehicle. Did he see him breaking in, or he was standing by the car and he looked suspicious? It was that, but that guy was—he was, he said from at least from what I remember, uh-huh. he said that he did approach him while he was like in the act of doing something oh. at the car, but he didn't know that he had an accomplice. Mm. So my dad's getting after this one dude, mm. and then boom, he gets hit from the behind. The guy sucker punches him. He, yeah, yeah, gets him from behind, falls to his knees, and then um, you know my dad—he was still holding on to the other he guy. He was still holding on. Yeah. He grabbed him. Yeah. He grabbed the other dude to tr- when he tried to run. Yeah. And so these guys start wailing on him while yeah. my dad has like a death grip on this yeah. guy. And then he just finally let him go. Yeah. And they, they split. Yeah. And so I can't remember whose vehicle it was, but I remember they were cr- incredibly grateful because mm-hmm. they were like, dude, you, you, you did your job. Yeah. You know, like he. So what's crazy is, and we know this now, but they do say, um, as far as security, because we do have young guys that yeah. are out there, they're job actually isn't to interact right it's actually to be like whoa hey you know or not even that just like let's go get somebody call you know call yeah pretty much call the cop you know get them out here and i let them handle the situation uh but this was this was a while back yeah 15 17 years ago you know so he um yeah no he definitely again former military Mm -hmm. you know he decided to engage and and pay for it I uh, sacrificed some teeth out there. <laughs> yeah, because he, he came in and he, I guess they cut his his lip got cut or something like yeah. that because he did have some like some drops yeah. on his shirt. I said yeah, he should have bowed and leave. <laughs> and your dad has a tight grip. He's oh a, yeah, especially then he had a real you know a strong tight grip. So yeah, yeah, no, he wasn't gonna let that go. Yes, well, when that happened, I know for him, um, he definitely felt like okay, maybe I shouldn't be out here. Yeah. <laughs> like that was kind of his thing. Now he definitely has a heart for it, and yeah. so like, fast forward now, we just had our conference. He already was thinking like, you know, new building, it's different. Yeah. So he's like, "What about this? What about that? What about?" And I was like, "You talking to the wrong person, Dad? Yeah. You know, I'm not. I'm not charging any of that stuff. I don't know anything." So he ended up. I know he ended up giving his like two cents and opinions, you know, mm-hmm. to these guys, and they appreciate it. They do. Yeah. The guys that do all the the ushering and out, outdoor yeah. security stuff. Uh, Mondo Cortez is the head usher and is. I really can't say enough good words about Mondo Cortez. He's not somebody that you're gonna. Uh, if you're outside of our church, you may or may not know who he is. You probably see him. Um, he looks like. Uh, Grew with uh, hair. Yeah. <laughs> He looks, I was going to say, like, you're uh, Latifi from a UFC fighter, but okay. <laughs> no, but uh, uh, 
very extremely nice guy. You would be stunned at, at, super his, te- nice. at his testimony. His testimony and, and who he is now, it's a, yeah, it's a straight God nice thing. Dude. But he's always, uh, I always love the way he carries about um, uh, ushering because what I always notice is the way that he interacts with people. Mm-hmm. Because ushering is not glamorous. Like, it's like it's funny because they always say like okay when you come to serve you don't you're not here to want to fight with everybody like you're not well that's everybody and then there's an asterisk unless you're an usher like if you're an usher then you're like ready to have a a fist fight with everybody you know what i mean (laughs) but um but with him he's the one that has this it's like let me talk to your manager he's he's the manager you know he has to come in and he has to well, he has to uh, diffuse situations. He always has to diffuse stuff. And it's funny because of the fact that some of the uh, male individuals that we have, and they have a big ego, and they're also high-strung, and they all like want to square up with somebody. And then his mama goes to him, and it's like... <laughs> well, But the way that he talks to him, it's almost like, man, it, it's it's really humbling, the way that yeah. he talks to these people. Yeah. Because it's like everybody else is, can get irritated. And I'm not just talking about the ushers. I'm talking about everybody, like nurses. Like we had an in. Oh, well, well, there, there's been. <laughs> let's say there's been instances where it, it starts from the parking lot, walks into the foyer, carries into the nursery, and then gets walked into the sanctuary, and everybody's all because of whoever the party is, and then now it's like okay. All of us are upset. Mondo, you got to deal with it. You know, yeah, like, yeah, you yeah. got to deal with it. Yeah. You got to diffuse it or work with it. And so uh, I'm always blown away because he always has to, like, kind of balance of, okay, when to interject, when not to interject. If I go and approach him, how do I approach him? What are the right, you know, the wording, the approach, everything that he does, he kind of, he really does keep it in consideration. All the way from the sanctuary to the hallways to the parking lot. The hallways not so much because I think he really kind of gave that over to like the security guys for right. the most part, which is interesting because yeah. that's kind of like a newer it is ministry, yeah. and so I think that falls under Jerry Hamper if I'm not mistaken. I think he is the one that kind of handles handles that. And part. that that did start at the old building, um, yeah. But maybe that just was a few years after back. the Uvalde thing. Oh, okay, yeah. I see. I so see. Well, it was before Uvalde, it was really when it was was when they had that church shooting. When mm, the church yeah, shooting yeah, happened, yeah. that's when it was like, okay, More we really got to, yeah, we got to kind of take this. That's when the backpack rule came out. Because, uh, and correct me if I'm wrong, the ushers was it really is like you know like we just said moments ago, mm. we're just a couple kids, yeah, you know, well, kids, you know, younger yeah. guys, young men, right, who are just asked to like circle the parking lot, yeah. pick up trash, look out for anything suspicious, just be a but body. The security group, you know, and okay, before I get ahead of myself. And then eventually we kind of, you know, promote, if you will, you know, kind of climb, climb the ladder from being outside to being at the door to yeah. being at the foyer yep. to being in the hallways to being in. The, and, and these are like voluntary, like vo- volunteer ushers, yeah. like volunteer uh, young men or not all young, but, you know, still volunteer right. men that eventually make it inside security, though. These guys are stacked like these guys like can handle weapons. They yeah. can they're ex-military guys. Mm-hmm. They, the, most of them have like licensing or yeah. something. Certification. They, they all have a license to carry. They are uh, military guys. Majority of them are ex-military guys or law enforcement. And that's it. Wow. So it's not like uh, <clears throat> I mean, we do have like, of course, enthusiasts. I'm sure some guys can probably feel that role but i think you would really have to 
well, of course you get approval by pastor on anything like that but you really have to there would have to be like a okay from jerry hamper yeah. absolutely like he would have to really know you he'd have to really mm-hmm. kind of figure your character out and you really have to say like okay this person is not just some uh crazy gun enthusiast Christian. and you know I, I appreciate that because um you know here in south texas everybody carries yeah except for you and i yeah, but <laughs> carry, carry ourselves, baby. <laughs> but everyone carries, <laughs> and then uh, you know, I've thought about that. Like, man, if somebody jumped in, and and I'm only saying this because I know, you know, when you're you're in a church so long, and they're your family essentially, right. they become your family. Yeah. You know everything about everybody. Yeah. And so some of these people that I can carry, I'm like, I don't want you to grab. It's true. It's so true. <laughs> it's like true. you're the last person so I want true. to try That's to so defuse true. this situation. Yeah, it's so true. But I it's appreciate. Like, this. Let me let me uh, let me interject. You know what I, mean? <laughs> I appreciate having like a like a organized security yeah. group that will handle the situation as yeah. opposed to you know a hundred people in the church that are like I can carry and they're all pulling their guns out and, <laughs> the stereotypical uh, Texan right and then it <laughs> becomes like an unnecessary shootout it's not even with the bad guys it's just the guys in the church no know? the funny part would be okay what would be the situation it would come back to conference Thursday and Friday and going into such and such pull out the pistol shoot yeah. it in the sky <laughs> you know yeah 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 I can I can appreciate having an organized group Cause, yeah, because yeah, there's been, so, I've even told some of my friends, I mean, you're the last dude I want to, <laughs> like, they're yeah. trying to, like, you know, don't worry, don't worry, Robert, I I'm, got I'm here, it's like, no, dude. That's making me more worried, <laughs> Yeah, I don't want you here. I'm more worried, <laughs> let's go inside, you know? stay out here, but you know, it's kind of cool because, uh, but it's like you said, that the, it was an entry, and, and not to, like, degrade in any way, because it's necessary, but it was, it was a, it was a great entry expression for ministry. And so, uh, leading from that, going to like different sections or different places in the, in the church, especially like we, like we were talking about with conference and then conference time was always cool because you get a bunch of guys that you really don't know. I think I met Jerry Crum at, at, uh, that first conference parking lot, if I'm not mistaken, when I did, oh yeah, did, the camaraderie with yeah. parking lot ushers yeah. heck yeah man that's yeah. awesome i love that yeah. meeting meeting guys because when you first do parking lot outside you know some, well we, in our case we got lucky because we paired together for our first yeah time. we we pretty much well i think they were kind of like we'll keep you two guys together you yeah, guys came in work, together. yeah you guys work together together you guys fit in our family and then eventually you know you kind of end up with because i okay so not just at at the church but also like i guess you could say security quote unquote at our boot camp yeah. um which that's also like been updated but we had this thing called night crawlers. Oh yeah, you know we literally I overnight. Yeah, that. oh yeah, they're crazy. But overnight we'll be with people. And I remember being with uh, Richard Richard Lance one year, and you know when you get with guys that you don't talk to mm. all the time. Now, granted, I went to a Bible study with Richard. Oh, he was in some preparation. No, no offense to anybody. <laughs> Richard Time Lance, to fan, baby. Richard Lance is my favorite Bible study leader. <laughs> My absolute favorite, you know, uh, I'm sorry, Rick and, and Gabe and whoever else I went to. <laughs> Some people I don't, I don't even remember. But, but Richard Lance, that brother, I loved going to his Bible study. Yeah. And, oh, yeah, I had a lot of fun. And he had a lot of fun. That's, mm. why, that's, that's what made it so fun. He was mm. having the time of his life. But anyway, uh, you, you get with somebody that maybe you don't talk to all the time. 
And then you got to you gotta get to know each other. Mm-hmm. That's like the whole time. That's what you're doing, though. You guys are just talking. Yeah. And uh, so, yeah, parking lot, I'm sure, is a lot like that. Where you get, like you said, Jerry Crumb, you know. Mm-hmm. You, you end up getting some really good friends just yeah. from being out in the parking lot it's together. True. And um, I'm still good friends with Jerry today. Mm-hmm. Uh, we are rejoicing because um, Cowboys are doing well, finally. <laughs> we've we've uh, mourned and angry and... All kinds of stuff before, yeah. but now we're in a good spot. But um, it's kind of cool. I mean, Steve Rodriguez, I think I met Steve out in parking lot also. And uh, you remember Brother Frank? You remember? Yeah. Yeah, I do. Yeah. He was one of the I mean, ones. mustache. He's one of the only ones that when I did parking lot with him, I didn't see him the whole time. He disappeared? Because, yeah. He split. He's like, okay, brother. Well, of course, when he would talk, you'd have to really... He's quiet. He's, he's quiet. He Real speaks quiet. fast and he yep. speaks low. Yeah. <laughs> what? Yeah. yeah. And so what he would tell me is, okay, you cover that side and I'll cover this side. And he would be going, what if somebody jumps me? <laughs> what you didn't but, know is he was going to the parking lot, <laughs> the corner lot, and just going to sleep in his car. <laughs> he just went inside. <laughs> he's like, in the AC. Just, just he just went inside, had coffee. Uh, that's why. Yeah, I've, I've been, uh, man, it's so I did parking lot only in my younger years because by the time I was like 19 or so, so maybe like the first two or three years I did Usher. Because then he went song service, right? I got, well, it was song, so I was juggling parking lot, oh. song service, and um, children's church. Oh. I was a children's church helper oh, for a little wow. bit. And uh, I'll, I'll never forget children's church, helping children's church because, uh, well, they actually asked me to give them, like, to do a little sermonette thing. Oh, okay. Um, which is like my first time ever doing something like that, which was awesome. Um, is you know what Pastor Ruby talks about having his own experience where he preached his first sermon, mm. everyone got saved because it was the children's church sermon. Oh wow! <laughs> and so um, I'll, I remember that because I was all excited when they asked me. It was like, oh, this is amazing. Uh, but the reason I remember doing it is because as a helper, um, you know, all the kids go up to pray. They always want to go up and yeah. pray at the end. So I went to go pray, <laughs> and I, I think I, I'm trying to remember who it was. I think it was Ben Todd. I could be wrong, um, but it was his little boy, and I'm praying with him. He farted. And you know, close. He turns to me, and he was like, excuse me, sir, your breath stinks. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, praise God. <laughs> yeah, it felt great. But anyway, so I was juggling children's church, song service, and then usher, and I guess they wanted me to be an usher, and that morning I was going to jump right after song service off stage and go straight to oh, yeah. children's church. Uh, but they scheduled me. And so I had to approach them about it and they, you know, they're a little like, come on, man, you know, we worked the schedule, blah, blah, blah. So this would have been back when Rito was and it Mario. Mario. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. So they were the ones in charge, right? Yeah. Well, Mario was in charge and then yeah. Rito was, was uh, the assistant, if you will. Yeah. And so, um, that, that, that happened one morning. The following morning, I love this story. I, I tell a lot of guys this story about the usher ministry is that I always, since this day, I've always viewed the usher ministry like the mafia. Yeah, it's true. Because they approached me in the hallway. I went to go get a, some water from, from inside. They, these, these guys followed me. I'm, I'm just getting my water. I come back out and I see them and they're just there in the hallway <laughs> looking at me. And I'm like, oh, what's this about? And so they approached me. 
like the mafia, man. And the, and I'll, for, I'll never forget it because Mario, who's in charge, mm-hmm. is just looking at me. But Rito did all the talking, and so he was like, "You know, brother, you gotta you gotta choose. You gotta decide which one is it." And I was like, "Whoa, hey!" That's <laughs> <I'm> lame. <laughs> like, which one? You know, you can be in songster, you can be an usher, you can't do everything. You know, I was like, yeah. I was like so young, and uh, I was like, I, I mean. I kind of want, honestly, I wanted to do all of it. Yeah. You know, I just wanted to do everything and, and not have any kind of repercussion. All right. But uh, no, I had to make a decision. And so I was like, well, honestly, I, I think I'm going to choose song service and, and children's church, which I don't even, I, I, I haven't helped in children's church since then, probably mm-hmm. when I was young. But I also, as an usher, haven't done anything since then. And that was, this was, was a long time ago, mm-hmm. you know, so... I don't know, 2009, 2008 yeah. or something like that. Um, but I do have a strong respect for people who do all the usher work because like you said earlier, that's like, it's more than behind the scenes. It's like almost completely discreet. Yeah. Like, you know, you, you can definitely look at it like, oh, those guys, all they do is stand back stand. there. Yep. They don't do nothing. Yep. Yep. <laughs> yeah, these guys are like city workers. Nothing. Matter of fact, some of them are city yeah. workers. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, but they're like construction workers. Matter of fact, some of them are construction workers. <laughs> <laughs> it's true, man. Uh, they're all the the, the rough, rough yeah, around rough the and, edges. Yeah, rough and tumble. Yeah. So, um, uh, conference ushering is like uh, we usually have meetings before conference, mm-hmm. and then in those meetings, it's. A desperate plea for people to volunteer instead of it being just normal guys <laughs> because of the numbers, right? Right. Um, and a lot of guys usually will kind of step through and they'll show up. And what I, something that I learned when I started getting the, taking my days off for conference was there are guys that take the week off. They're vaca- okay, so we have the people that take the week off for boot camp, mm-hmm. right? And then we have the people who take the week off for conference. And, of course, some of them are assigning, nursery, all that stuff. And then there are some guys that, that do ushering that are only for conference, too. So, like, Mr. Rance, he's the one that comes to mind. Mr. Oh, Rance. of course. Steve is, well, Steve, I guess, full-time Steve, uh, Steve Rodriguez would do it. And then Paul Gardner is the mm-hmm. other one. He takes mm-hmm. a week off for it, too. So, um, Mr. Rance, I always remember, because in the old building, he would help set up all the tables. And so I made sure that I tried to jump in and help with that. They set up the trash cans. They closed down. Steve, like I said, would do it too. Paul Gardner would be out there. He does the donuts. Does he count? And, uh, Eats a few. You know, gets to reap some of the benefits. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> uh, all, a smart guy. He would always make sure that he would go into the kitchen see if they needed help. You and know what? What's funny is this past year I was in there yeah. to get my donut before the donut break. Yeah, was he in there? Me and Paul, man. Paul Gardner, man. He knows. He knows. Dude, he knows. Get his count on. That's right. Let's get his count on. All right. <laughs> but so then, now that I mentioned Mr. Rents, Friday night, Mr. Rents did what only Mr. Rents could do, and that oh, was right. he dressed up in his cowboy gear, yep. right? Cowboy hat, vest, everything. And so Fridays of conference have, I don't know, I think we kind of, it's called a worked ourselves into a shoot in wrestling terms, but I think we kind of worked ourselves into it as a fellowship where people, remember they used to line up outside as soon as, okay, this is, if you've never been to conference, 
the sermon ends like at what 12 30 roughly yeah yeah okay so like around give or take 12 30 depending on who's preaching and then after that sermon everybody would every sane person would uh, leave go eat go home get ready for a night other people have lawn chairs and they're sitting outside the doors so that at six o'clock at night they can get in first right so let's keep that in mind so fast forward new building first conference in this new building and so uh, unknown on how many seats you're gonna have who's gonna be there so people are lined up now mr rents goes outside and says no saving seats for anybody else but you and your spouse and i'm inside and i can hear him saying this with the doors which good sound like i mean it it really clears out a lot of that drowns out that sound outside no saving so then he comes inside to the holes no saving seats and then they open the doors remember seats only for you and your spouse don't save it for your whole church. Don't save it for all your and like he's going on like a like a horn, right? But then people start coming in and he stands now at the sanctuary, the uh, entry doors, and he goes, "No saving <laughs> seats for anyone but you and your spouse." I can see you. <laughs> and it's like, it, it, I couldn't help but think like, you know, when you go to war, you have like these different, you know, you have foot soldiers, you have this type of military, and then you have that special tank for the occasion. That was Mr. Rance. Let's bring him out just for this. And um, everybody kind of calmed down. Nobody was laying across five or six chairs yeah <laughs> going so viral. What's funny is uh, that what you're talking about, I think they have an impressed guy. Where they, they uh, I, I have it on my YouTube channel. I saved it because it was so good. But they have one of the PTZ cameras on in the sanctuary when they opened the doors and everybody just flooded. And these people were straight running, mm-hmm. sprinting mm-hmm. from the doors into the sanctuary. And like you said, one infamous dude, I don't even know who he is, but he, he he's my hero. He's like, he, a, le- he's like a legend now, right? He ran straight to the front row. And you know what's funny? If you look at the video, I've analyzed this video a few times, but he goes and he, he, he thrusts himself you know, in the front right well, row uh-huh. and he saves all these seats. Well, as he's doing that, he, he also gets the back row behind him and he's throwing like his Bible mm-hmm. and jacket or whatever and he throws himself in the front and he's, and he's all tired because he legitimately sprinted, mm-hmm. right? Well, what's funny is if you notice, there's this one lady who just power walks from the door up to the front and she she power walked you know she didn't rush now again everyone else is like flooding everywhere mm-hmm. but she just powered all the way to the front she has a bible right in that same row where he's at he has his legs spread out his body and everything well the one corner seat he didn't get and she just threw She's a bible. <laughs> she so she just power walks her up throws her bible and just keeps looking around that's like, a gangster no. move right there <laughs> it really that's was. a gangster move right there <laughs> but yeah that was so because of that in tucson and prescott and it, it probably happens in other you know churches um for you're right john rents make sure it doesn't yeah. and what's funny is this year i remember getting a text about that in prescott yeah. and they're like hey you know something Let's like see. that could, could we yeah. catch it right so i told our video crew i was like hey just in case you know 
they they believe it or not, we've been given this kind of silly request that if you see people run you try to get it on camera. So we had two guys at the sanction. We were yep. all prepped. Yep. We were like ready yep. for this. Yep. But John the and tank. John Rins, baby. <laughs> John the Calm tank. Calm that down real quick. <laughs> he was yelling. <laughs> whoa, 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 whoa. And he, what's crazy is the dominion this That's guy true. has, man. That's true. Because he, because like you said, he does it outside. Yep. He does it in the foyer, and yep. then he makes his way inside, yep. and he calls people out. Like you're not gonna do that. Yep. Just straight texting, man. Big cowboy. He's <laughs> a big cowboy too. <laughs> a big guy and his voice carries. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. So. So for for me, um, over the years, early on, you know, from parking lot and then eventually song service and then, of course, sound, um, running sound for conference was so stressful. Um, I've had past episodes where it, one of my favorite episodes actually is talking about screw ups yeah. and like two or three of the screw ups I discuss or at conference, mm. like royal major screw ups, you know, and, and like public very... Yeah shameful <laughs> just degrading <laughs> like you know like how could i even come to this church still like, kind of mistakes i've made yeah. in front of everybody and um so that was through like sound ministry yeah. and now it's kind of transformed into this big old av ministry, media guy media yeah. media yeah. it thing i'm doing but um over the years i would I would stress about conference, and I, I remember some some of the, like the last minute requests we would get. Mm. Now, of course, you know I'm I'm mature enough to solid solidly say I'm not gonna do that, eh. <laughs> <laughs> and because I I do know myself, and then of course I know like the crew, and and in the new building it's so different. Uh, Cliff said it, and the way he said it was so well. He said uh, it's not just like night and day. From the old building to the yeah. new building. He said, this is like different planets. Mm. Like this is just, it's just not the same. Like yeah. prep work. And uh, that's because in the old building, you know, you can just plug and play everything. Mm-hmm. On, on media wise. And and also, even though it was like big to us, that building, it actually was very small. Yeah. We didn't notice that until we got into See, the new yeah. building. And then when you go back, it's like, yeah, what? It's tiny. Yeah. It's tiny. And to think we were doing conference in there, like how? We were yeah. busting out yeah. the seams, you know, of that building. Yeah. So um, when we were doing it back then, again, it was like plug and play. Like, oh, we're going to have a new, a different, we're going to have a special music. Yeah. We're going to do uh, something in, in an overflow. We want to do overflow in oh, this yeah, room. Yeah. We yeah. And doing preparing for that, there was some work, sure, but it wasn't that bad. In the new building, they try to ask me to do something, and it's like, uh, I'll give it to you at you know seven to ten business days. You know, <laughs> like, man, I'll, I'll put you in the queue. <laughs> it's like, it's going to be really hard to make that happen, mm. and uh, it's it's hard. It is you know in the newer building. Granted, we have thought about a lot like ahead of time, so preparing for it now, um, we can we can talk early in advance. But the last minute requests are pretty hard. So. Um, but like I said, I, I would stress out. Yeah. I would str- I, I genuinely would, which I shouldn't, but I would. And it's because we're hosting the conference, you know. Like to me, I'm like I'm essentially, you know, I'm I'm uh, I'm I'm part of Yeah, you know, like I now I never gave myself this title or anything. Uh-huh. But it hit me one year when I had guys approaching me mm-hmm. and asking me, "Hey, how do you guys do this?" And what about this? And what about that? And what? And they just expected me to be this like, just have all this knowledge. No, yeah. And 
for over the years, yes, I've learned and researched and studied, but those early years, man, I had no clue. Mm. So they would ask me, I'd be like, I don't know, we just pray, man. <laughs> we just believe God around here. That's <laughs> just, a good point. You just have faith well, that all this is going to work. We plug that thing into that <laughs> thing, and then that goes over here, and just close our eyes. <laughs> so pre- preparing for it was a trip early on, man. Ooh, what is this? Panda cake. Panda, what is panda cake? Um, it's just, this deal right here. Okay. It's nice what and fluffy. Yeah. It's green. I think it's a matcha. Mmm. Yeah. Oh, I love matcha. These are so good. Nice I and soft. Matcha. It's kind so of like good. a. It's basically a sponge cake, but it has a matcha in it. Oh, I love it. Oh, matcha is so good. There's a Thai hut for all you locals down on Petranko, right by Robert's house, and it is good. Yeah. Matcha break. Oh, it's so good, baby. So for that's for me. On the usher side, I know you said you guys have the meeting. Yeah. And then um, you kind of have like these solid go-to guys mm-hmm. that you know are going to be there. Oh, yeah. Um, I guess from, because uh, I'm trying to think, you went out in 2009, 2010, you left, mm-hmm. came back mm-hmm. 2016, 17. Uh-huh. And then did you jump right into usher right away? No. Um, I waited. I came back originally for uh, it's Pioneer over on the UTSA. Had some things that had to do a redirect, and so we're just I was just here in the church, um, and then I was waiting. I was basically waiting, kind of let some things get settled, and then um, uh, they had asked me like, "Hey, is it all right if you know? Can you just do this one fill in?" And I said, "Well, you know." Honestly, I'm down, but just ask Pastor if it, I mean, it's going to be all right. I'm, I'm down for it. And so, so he did. Now, the thing that, <clears throat> the thing that got to me was, uh, I would notice that Mondo would have a hard time, mm. you know. I would see it on his, uh, I don't want to say see it on his face like he was worried, but I would see him um, scanning the crowd, seeing who can I get? And so it went from, yeah, I'll do I'll do the morning, and then he'll say okay, well then what, and then afterwards we'll wait, and then he'll come back on. It's all right, I'll do the morning, or at night, and or a Wednesday, and they wanted to have like a rotation, and so, uh, I had told him, you know what, um, just put me out here, I'll do this one again, I'll do this, I'll do it tonight. He said, sure, yeah, I'll do it tonight, and it was this uh, the middle doors on the right of the middle door. And so, um, same thing. I would just say, hey, just put me for again. Put me again. And I tell him, you know what? Change it. I'm going to be at this thing until you tell me not to. So, this way, it's one less spot for you to worry about. I'll just do this all the time. And he's like, are you sure? Yeah, what the heck? I mean, you're you're back here all the time. You don't sit down either. Because that was going to, he was like, oh, you got to sit down. I was like, well, you don't. How about that? Uh, Just rebuttal you. I was like, I don't want you to have to be worrying about this. It's just one less thing. And um, so he said, okay. And so ever since then, I mean, I haven't sat in a sermon. Well, I haven't sat down. But, I mean, to me, it's no big deal because... You still hear the sermon. I still, still, I still hear the, the sermon. I'm in the middle of everything. I feel like it's in the mix. of And it allows me to do something. It allows me to uh, have a place to serve and um, try to help in some form or fashion. So, so, yeah, I like it. And so the first service of the new building, everybody thought... 
so where do we how are we gonna do the offering and so we were talking about the offering and they were like oh somebody has to go on stage oh dang I feel sorry for that guy and then Mondo looks at me and like you think you can do that like, oh god yeah. alright I'll do it <laughs> and so the first service I almost slipped on the stage because it was like That's real right. new real slick yeah and man that thing was slippery like everybody said it I think some people fell you know and so, actually, I know some people fell, but I won't say who. But so they fell on stage, and I was like, oh, my God, I'm going to fall. And then we were uh, streaming. So like, I'm going to fall stream for a service. Um, but, yeah, and so that's how I've ended up doing that. Although, uh, I'm sure people think it's because of my giant ego, which. <laughs> <laughs> hey, you know, there's some people who think that that uh, that's, all we, that's the only reason we do what we do. Scott. (laughs) (laughs) You know, we've, talking about conference, you've had some really funny, I love some of the moments that you've had at conference. It's so So funny. So they're they're (laughs) like, what's funny is they're, they're, they're genuinely embarrassing moments. (laughs) Like they're, they're, there's, they really are. They're legitimately embarrassing and like, Uh. like. It's easy to get secondhand embarrassment when you see them. And the thing yeah. is, these are now, like you said, they're they're on stream now. I mm-hmm. literally have a video, you know, of me doing some embarrassing things to some pastors <laughs> because of sound, you know, and having to fix the lapel around their waist. And, and so my so the thing is, OK, so this is a good story. Mm-hmm. It, it leads up to my probably like highest peak moment I'll ever have in mm-hmm. sound ministry ever. But uh, before that. What happened is is it started when I was first getting in sound. I had a run on stage. I'll, I'll never forget. There was a special music song. Um, I felt like a superhero during sound check mm. because we needed to get an added microphone. And I didn't know the system. I didn't know anything. And I, I kind of guessed. And I was able to find an open channel and get the microphone working for a different guitar. Mm. And to me, that was huge because I'm, I'm new to sound. Yeah. I'm a teenager and I was like, I, I can't believe I figured that out, you know, on my own. I'm excited and it's this big ordeal, right? And then during the actual song, it doesn't work. Oh. The microphone doesn't work. Oh. The dude is doing his solo. I have to rush up there. And I'll, I'll always remember it because this is the first time I had to do this ever. Now it's like a regular thing. Right? Well, we don't have that many mistakes yeah. anymore. But but if I have to go on stage, it's like I have to do it. You know, it's no big deal. But back then, I mean, I was sweating bullets, man. I was freaking out. I had to rush on stage. I'm shaking. I'm like, oh, all these people are looking at me. And I'm, I'm so, I don't know what I'm going to do because I don't know how to fix it, mm-hmm. you know. But I just go up. And all I can think to do is to hold the microphone. Right, right. So I'm on my knee during this special music. So like the guy's doing a solo in this song and I'm holding it there. And Pastor's giving me this death stare, man. I mean, he is just staring right through me, like laser beaming me. And I'm just like, you know, I'm just like <laughs> crying on my knee. Like, why? Why is this happening? A good joke happened from that somebody asked me what the solo was. And I was like really confused. Like, yeah, how was that solo? Because you're the only one who heard it. <laughs> forget you man you don't appreciate nothing well anyway so that became like if something happened i had to be able to rush up there mm. and and that's in the older building we did have unfortunately quite a few moments where i had to rush mm. up stage with instruments yeah. 
and eventually pastures, you know, with the lapel yeah. or microphone and, you know, that shame, that, that walk of shame when their lapel goes out because of batteries or oh, some yeah, random yeah. demon. Uh-huh. And, and, and they look to the yep, side. Yep. And then you got to go give them the handheld or whatever. So this, this happened enough times where I just became like, you know, the veteran, the the full of scars veteran is like i'll go up there get <laughs> give it to here, me you know and like and so whenever like pastor warner or pastor these like senior leaders oh, of the yeah. fellowship like uh eventually i started to get where i would get the new guy like hey you're gonna i'll come up i'll do it first but then you're gonna give him the lapel because when you put it on them i mean you don't for a conference what we suggest what i suggest is i'm like let me turn it on and let me put the pack on you Instead of you doing it, because then... We don't know it, what's going on. Yeah, if it doesn't work, you know, it's it's too easy to blame you, I guess. Yeah. It's easier if I do it so I can know, like, I, I remember turning it on, yeah. putting it on him. Yeah. You know, it kind of helps with troubleshooting if something mm-hmm. goes wrong. And um, so when Pastor Warner, Pastor, you know, they're, they're older men. They're 60s, 70s, 80s, you know, these older, mm-hmm. older men. And, and you got to go. And there's your... your when you go up to them, there's this like intimidation, right. this raw intimidation. Yeah. Like this guy's in charge of everything. Like he can kill me, you know. <laughs> like you just have this like immature, like unnecessary, <laughs> yeah, right. like thought of them, like of, of their their seniority, you yeah. know. And um, and so I, I I got used to doing that, you know. Like I'm gonna be the guy to do it. And like I said, I made my cousin do it once, or maybe you know Will, mm-hmm. or I I'd make these younger guys that you're gonna do it. But um, after a while, it became like, oh, you know, I, I enjoy it. I do. And so I remember putting on Pastor Mitchell and da, da, da. And then he goes up to preach. And it, it and the thing about Pastor Mitchell's, uh, Wayman Mitchell, is he had done it. He, he's been all around the world. Mm-hmm. He's preached so He's had so many scenarios mm-hmm. where things don't work. And so he's plenty seasoned he's he he's prepared for anything exactly so when i'm running up on stage i remember the first time it happened he was already announcing like oh the batteries batteries are out (laughs) the batteries you know he's like yelling that so i'm I'm running up there and i i was not trying to like this was not me trying to do anything or anything what happened is the lapel fell off of his tie. So it was literally just swinging by his feet. (laughs) And we didn't know that. We just knew we couldn't hear him. And I'm turning him up. I'm turning him like, man, he's so cool. What's going on? So I went up there, and again, you know, battery, what is it? And then I see it, and I I notice it. It's like down by his legs. And I'm like, oh. So I had to grab it, put it on his tie, and he looks at me, and I'm like, you know, just this (laughs) awkward moment in front of like 2,000 people. And I'm just like, (laughs) <laughs> he's like oh yeah thanks you know and he's like he's appreciative run off and then the 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 peak of like this is oh, it yeah. this was like the oh, highest yeah. peak was when again we're having a hard time hearing him yep. this would have been i believe this is like two years before his last year i think so like, yeah one or two that's years what it before. sounds like yeah and um he was up there something was going on we couldn't hear him and first will was up there and he was he was struggling with them. And the thing is, it wasn't Will's fault. Um, uh, I'm trying to remember. I think what happened is, is Pastor Mitchell actually like flicked one of our switches on there. Mm-hmm. And what it is is it switches decibel range, which means like louder or quieter. There's an actual switch on the side of the lapel. I think they accidentally switched it to where it was like real quiet. 
and he already is a rookie. Yeah. He's an older man, right. 88 years old, 89 years old, you know. So um, he wasn't getting them, and I was at the board, and I was like, man, I, I got to go up there. So I, I go up there, and then I, I immediately saw what it was, and I fixed it. And then I told, well, you know, don't worry about it, no big deal. And but this was the this was the moment. This was the highest peak moment. Pastor Mitchell looks at me, he's like, "You got to get the chief up here." And <laughs> I, I I felt like a million bucks. My 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 head was huge, instant, you know, grand ego. I was like, "That's it. I am." You heard it. You all heard it. Every <laughs> one of you. So, he, isn't that when he when he first saw that? Oh, here comes the man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so, I mean, he made me feel like a million bucks, dude. He really did. He made me feel so good. What's great is that moment was soon diffused. Maybe just the very last conference in our old building. Fast forward to that when Pastor Olson is preaching, and he's up there doing his thing, and we're having issues. And, you know, what's going on and I'm gonna, so I do my usual, I'll just go up and fake, no big deal. Oh, the chief is here, everybody, yeah. you know, my grand ego, <laughs> like the, the senior pastor who declared me the, the chief of uh, the sound, you know, I'm, I'm all big headed and I'm going up there full of, full of egotistical pride and testosterone. I'm just so ready to handle the situation. And, and. I don't remember what the issue was, but whatever it was caused me to, I had to take a knee, yep. like literally take a knee yep. and fix the lapel. And when yep. I did that on stream, <laughs> I'm, I'm like at his waist yep. fixing it. And he announces like, whoa, hey. And he's, like, he's like, whoa, hey, I don't even know you. <laughs> I don't even know you, bro. And I'm like, oh. And, I mean, such a contrast, you know, right. like, hard to get the chief up here to like, hey, who's this guy? <laughs> <laughs> you know, who's this guy taking a knee right here by my waist and on live stream, <laughs> like, networking, you know. And I uh, just shamefully walk away. But a great um, legendary moment, though. <laughs> Nobody else would have the goal to do something like that. <laughs> you know, what's funny is at the moment, I wasn't even, at the moment, I was essentially, quote unquote, doing my job, yeah. you know. Just go fix the situation right. and walk away. But looking back at the stream, I was like, oh, man, why did that happen to me? <laughs> why did that happen to me? Uh, that's so funny. That was some very uh, hilarious moment. So uh, I think the funniest thing that I've gotten caught on stream is uh, what looked like an illegal pass to Pastor Miguel. Some illegal yes, handoff yes. to him. I remember uh, recording that. I screen recorded uh, that. I think that's the funniest thing that I've had happen to me. Yeah. And it, but it's fun. What makes it funnier is that it's a layer joke. First, it's doing it, and then it's like, oh yeah, I can see those two doing that. Like yeah, that yeah, seems yeah, like yeah. very on brand. So yeah, yeah, <laughs> that's pretty hilarious. Yeah, but yeah, yeah, but but I would say that sound is another one of those ministries that's very. Uh, so so here's the reason why Robert brought me here so that I could. Uh, cheerlead them because it's a very very complicated very difficult ministry and um not a lot of people want to volunteer for it and at the same time it's everybody so like scrutinizes it now this is my defense for sound because it's not a church sound guy like oh these guys are horrible i watch con uh pulse press conference ufc Billion dollar company, and there's microphones. Yep, yep. There's people opening doors, banging stuff. Preaching, there's preaching things ball. that are like, 
There's things. That's why I'm here, baby. And then there's things with weird noises. There's like in the stadium, the stadium sounds not going on. Like you can't hear anything. Like the crackling on the guys that are supposed to be the pay-per-view commentators is crackling. It's done on NFL. It's done on like these big billion-dollar companies. And these guys are all like, you know, uh, been studying sound for master's degrees and everything and it's still it sounds just a demon well, the <laughs> expectation like... for sound engineering is always perfection yeah. and but here's the thing the thing is no one realized so okay people don't know what perfect sound is mm. they don't even know but they do know what bad sound is that's true anybody yeah, knows. that's a good call. anybody knows what bad sound is this Quote doesn't that. sound good that yeah. doesn't sound whatever right yeah. so um when because I took a course uh, at the Audio Engineering Institute. There you go. And um, I remember when I took that course, I loved it. First off, it was, it was a lot of fun. Uh, the I love the inspector, the inspector, the uh, instructor, the instructor, because he uh, was a very humble guy, and that's rare mm. in, in engineering in general. Mm. Engineers, and I'm uh, and I mean this, engineers are the most arrogant people on the planet. Mm. <laughs> the most arrogant narcissistic people on the planet anybody who is deep in engineering mm -hmm. the problem is they learn the guts of whatever they're working on yeah. you know architectural engineering sound engineering oh, whatever yeah. it is they learn like what makes things tick how to make things operate right. they have a they have a different mind you yeah. know they just look at something and be like oh i could do that, I could do that yeah. you know and and part of them is like well it's it's what i do it's what i've trained for but then the other part of them is like, you couldn't do this without me. You know? <laughs> that's, that's the engineer mindset. Is that if it wasn't for me, you would have nothing. Yeah. You know, and you're pathetic. <laughs> it just, it just gets, it's just you like could think of that. You could create that. <laughs> your so, own hands. Engineers are very, very arrogant. So in sound engineering, especially in the entertainment world, you know, uh, like to your point, like these, you know, huge industries, yeah. money, everything. The engineer will have this this mindset that's again none of this would work if it wasn't for me yeah. and you know you look at the beyonce's and you know the rock bands the right. the red hots or whatever you look yeah. at all these bands and there's engineers behind all yeah. of that that are making it work so when this guy taught he basically was like well you know your job is to make them sound good that's yeah. your job as to where other guys will be like like they'll present it that way, but they basically have that that lacing of like none of this would be done if it wasn't for you. Like you guys make the world spin. Mm. If it wasn't for you guys, yeah. the world would not spin and rotate and properly. We're 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 it. Yeah. And and, and I saw this even in, in development, like uh coding and all that. Yeah. I remember I'll never forget working with a developer who was like, We're like gods. Oh. <laughs> he he said that. Like he actually said that. It's like yeah, you tripping <laughs> but uh anyway so engineers are like that and so uh the reason I'm, I'm saying all this is because that's not what what you do when you do sound for church you're serving yeah. the same way you're talking about being an usher right it's service yeah you're serving yeah and um what keeps you sane in ministry in general but i will say even further for people who do sound for church folks is understanding that you're not doing it for them mm. and that's like it's actually pretty deep it's like no no i'm i'm doing this one because I, i'm passionate about it i see the need i'm trying to fulfill the need 
but also because I love God so much that I want to do something. Like you were saying, like, I, I, I just need to do something. I, I, you know, give me that service, like being an usher. And if you put it into that perspective, instead of looking at it like, I need to please these people. Mm-hmm. Oh, man. If you put if you use that perspective, I need to please these people, you will be miserable. Oh, sure. Miserable. Because you cannot please everybody yeah. when it comes to sound. Everyone has their preference. That's true. Everyone has their yeah, preference. That's true. So you, it really is one of those, like, no, I, I'm going to learn how to do a good job. I'm going to do it. And then um, if anyone has criticisms, I'm going to just treat that as constructive criticism. I'm going to take it, even if it's, even if it's just straight up, a, like, you know, you, you're, that was garbage sound yeah. or whatever it is, you know, whatever they say. And you really do just need to let it get past you and be like, I'm, I'm again, it, it's almost rude to say it that way. Like, I'm not doing it for you, you know. But honestly, that's what kept me sane. Mm. <laughs> it's, it's like, I'm not doing it for the recognition yep. or the pats on the back or, you know, certain specific people to be happy. Now, if certain people are happy, yeah, it feels good, mm-hmm. of course. But at the end of the day, it's like, no, I'm, I'm doing this because it's what I do. Like, yeah. I'm just serving, you know, I'm just serving and doing it. So to me, that is the spirit of conference as a whole from, from a hosting perspective. Yeah. Like I was telling you before. I was super stressed out and nervous before, but then fast forward to like more recent years, it's kind of like, well, it's what we do. Mm-hmm. It's what we do. I'm yeah. ready to serve and I want to do this. And I've told the, the guys now in video ministry and media and all that stuff that now I'm kind of working with and kind of coaching. I've talked to those guys and I've told them, look at your spirit during the week of conference granted you know assuming you have a good attitude and a good spirit and you're excited Mm -hmm. and you want to do all this stuff and your job is to maintain that all year round Mm -hmm. so that by the next conference you're you're gung-ho and ready to go because what can happen is you gas out yeah and then by the time conference comes back around you're burned out going in you're burnt you're burnt you're going in bad attitude hating everybody yeah which is a lot of fun, you These know. People. I also <laughs> so enjoy that. It's a, it's a lot of fun to, you know, complain. I enjoy that part too. <laughs> but that's that. I to me, I would say the spirit of hosting a conference is meant to be in this, like I guess, this deep spiritual aspect. It's meant to be what you're trying to achieve constantly. Yeah. You're constantly trying to have that spirit of serving, yeah. having a good attitude happy to see people even though you don't like people you're <laughs> like yep. you're happy to see them yep. you're, you're happy to see that they're showing up and you know doing their thing in other words it's like my need is fulfilling other needs right you know, it's, it's fulfilling yeah. all this other stuff see them successful and boasting in front of you cheering themselves on patting them making up <laughs> lies about what they've been doing all year god's people i know you haven't been outreaching all year yeah. you liar <laughs> <laughs> You've been over there sipping on Starbucks and staring at the sky. Yeah. Um, but that's the other cool part, too, is that... Uh, so I can kind of talk about the other side of the fence because I've pastored and I've come into a conference. It really is a big... It really is a big deal because uh, for... Uh, here at the home, it's like, oh man, like oh, this is like a rough week, and it's like, damn, we've been serving and serving, like, oh god. And I mean, like, okay, like for us, we had to, they announced us to work on the building like three weeks straight or something <laughs> like that, right? Oh yeah, we're gonna be here at six. I'm like, oh god, I was just telling myself, like, I finally got a Saturday to do nothing. Come here at six. Oh man. 
And then you go over there and then you pretend to have a I mean, you have a good attitude. <laughs> <laughs> now you get a good attitude and you go in there and do that stuff. And it's like, okay, now I got to get ready to serve all week. And it's going to be a long night or it's going to just be a long day. like, And it's going to be rapid, like super fast. But on the other side, you have these pastors who have been like struggling all year or they've been really scratching and clawing all year, whether they're the pioneer for the first time or, I mean, the first you know, first year it's them out there or the second year and they're trying to, they have people or five years or, and they're getting ready to launch somebody out or whatever the case is. And so for them, really all year, a big portion is you do a lot of work all year to kind of get them here. And you're hoping that everything that you did all year is like a great foundation and conference is a thing that really just boosts them. You know what I mean? So it, you know, as as a pine as a pioneer pastor, having somebody to even show up at conferences like, oh my God, like God's moving. So then when they're here at conference, you pray to God that they're not that couple that's getting into an argument in the hotel or they that that they're thinking about leaving or, you know, like something weird the weirdest stuff happens. My aunt just called me and she's at my mom's house and they're going to fight and like all this stuff. I got to go back past her. No, you just stay here. Dang it. You know what I mean? Like there's all this stuff that goes on. And it's and of course, dad doesn't get to the rest to the mother church because that's not like who would do that? You know what I mean? Uh, the only person that usually hears is Pastor Ruby, which Pastor Ruby always had this. I remember this one quote that he gave when um, myself and Pastor Gabe went with him to Africa uh, because they were having their, in Sierra Leone, they were having their conference. And we really had the privilege to be able to go with them for it for, for a day, for a night. Um, and uh, he had said, you always know who the hosting pastor is because he's the most tiredest person in the <laughs> whole building. And so... Uh, I believe it because I watch, I mean, I, I look at Pastor when throughout the week. Not to say like, oh man, Pastor's going to fade out. But uh, just from ushering, I always look at Pastor and so in case he needs to grab somebody, he's not like, okay, how do I get to this guy? Like, okay, who do you want? Well, I'll go get him for you so it's one less thing for you to worry about. But, I mean, then he gets stuff like that that he has to deal with too. Like, Pastor, they didn't have my reservation or they said that, uh, they said that they have to have two rooms instead of one because their family's so big and the hotel's forcing them to, like, weird stuff like that. So then the family comes in all frazzled and upset, and then they're like, you know, there's a temptation to blame the church. Well, how come you guys don't have enough room for us? How come we didn't check? How come we didn't accommodate? You know how many kids we had, you know? So, uh, so for them to come in and for them to just be able to have an atmosphere so that their new converts that they're putting so much work and prayer and tear and effort to and sacrifice and those nights that they have where they're staying up fellowshipping or counseling or arguing or whatever the case is, they're hoping that this conference really kind of brings all this stuff to a good point of view. Again, the vision becomes a little bit clearer and it just clicks and they're hoping that this just clicks. So for us, it's like, oh man, like at least it's gonna be rough. Or we sometimes it's not always like this, obviously, but sometimes it's like you kind of gear yourself up, prepare yourself. Really, what you have to do is you gotta you gotta flip the switch. Like, okay, now it's like, yes, I'm serving all year, but now it's like, okay, this is gonna be intense service. There's gonna be times where I'm gonna have to just be able to be flexible and know that something weird's gonna happen or things are gonna change at any moment. I mean, we have all those chairs in the sanctuary. 
and I'm going to record this right now. I swear somebody promised me I'll never have to move another chair. <laughs> I will never have to. Somebody told me that Friday. I swear. I ain't going to say who it is, but I know he said this. And he claims he did it. But he says, that wasn't me. It was you. You stood there. He said, hey, this will be the last time you ever have to move a chair. Oh, thank God. Can you imagine next Friday? We won't have to be setting these chairs up. And guess what? We were moving chairs in <laughs> Tuesday. Tuesday. Then more Wednesday. Then Thursday. It was like moving moving them around. Then Friday, while the preaching's going on, we're back there hustling, carrying chairs, stacks, boom, 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 boom. So, um, you know, it, it's just one of those things. You got to kind of go with the flow. and It's on the fly type of stuff. And we have to kind of, the local church has to gear themselves into that. But all the visiting churches and the pastors, like, this is, like, you really can't put a price on it. And yeah. you hear it sometimes in the offerings, but it doesn't necessarily always register with us because we're not in that situation. You know, not all of us have been in that situation, but when you're in that situation before, it's like, yes, conference means so much because it's really the thing that could change everything in our church. Yeah, it's it's uh, that rekindling the flame, yeah. you know, that constant that uh when you feel tired kind of thing and then yeah. you go to a conference you're re-energized you're just yeah. like ready to go for for my wife and i over the years um you know we we favor prescott oh, conference yeah. Yeah. um either like we've been to both january and the summer one and we love the january one well and you know we have our our preferences about the weather and all mm-hmm. that and you know whatever but uh going to prescott in january it's great because it's it's the start of a new year mm-hmm. you know and so if you treat it from like a calendar perspective like going trying to go in january then it kind of brings you that hype to, to you know that momentum of new year new me kind of attitude mm-hmm. that everybody else is oh, you yeah. know, the world is all yeah, into yeah. the new year new me but for the church it's like uh you know you kind of have to have that attitude all the time mm-hmm. you know if you think about it biblically it's it's new day new me you Come know on, brother. you're right brother <laughs> new new morning new you me should be changing every day brother. <laughs> and so but uh but going in going to, in january is a lot of fun in prescott because of that rekindling at the beginning of the year um when if we don't get to go you know we always look at it like ah we're gonna make it at some point we're gonna go to either the the january one we got Tucson, El Paso has one. El Paso, you know, yeah. and then uh, theirs is in March. March so and always, that one always seems to come so fast. It's January for for Prescott, March for El Paso, Tucson is in June, and then July is Prescott again, and then we're in October. And I believe it here in the states, um, North Carolina, I think has one. I'm sure there's a lot more that I just don't know there, about. There are a ton because somebody had told me. So the great McAllen's thing about, doing one McAllen now. now has one. They just had their first one. Um, oh, golly, who is the other one that has it? Um, well, since we have churches that are like in China and Vietnam, like over there. Oh, so now, missionary, have, of course. Overseas, they do. I, I was talking about yeah. more national, but oh yeah, oh yeah. There's the Malaysia one, yeah. and you know they have all these overseas, and and that's a big deal. Yeah, because the the vision of course it's we have the the sole vision of constantly you know sending out new churches and getting new churches and getting more people and and, you know just trying to spread the gospel all around the world but the big uh i guess goal 
firm goal about international works is making them national works. Yeah. And so you you know we sent someone out from here as a missionary. Work yourself out of a job. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Intentionally, yeah, yeah. That's the goal is to get nationals get they capture that vision and then next you know they're leading it up just handle it Mm -hmm. and it's that passing down the mantle yeah and that's and like you were saying earlier i think it is very powerful that from a hosting perspective you know there's all this like you know like i was kind of breaking down that whole like you're not necessarily pleasing people per se you're fulfilling needs that Mm -hmm. god has in front of you and by doing so you know you know, God says, if you want, when He said in the Bible, you want to, you sh- you show me that you love me mm-hmm. by serving people. Yeah. You know, and it's feed a sheep, tend yeah. to a sheep. So you know, yeah. and then also uh, the big commandment of love, loving your neighbor. You mm-hmm. know, and like He's He's said it time and time again. So of course, biblically, serving people is serving God, mm-hmm. and that that's conference. Yeah. You know, when you're doing it there, but also the flip side, like you said. Going to one of these yeah. is that rekindling of the of the fire. Yeah. You know? So we, our first conference that we went to, going back to that one in um, Tucson, it was called, I'll never forget. It's called the Basics of Christianity. Mm-hmm. And uh, I, as a young convert, uh, but I mean, yeah, I was a young convert in a fellowship, but and basically a young convert in Christ still. But I had already kind of had some. Um, like the Christian radio, always hearing the teaching and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. So I was like, okay, like I knew, like you gotta pray, you gotta do these different things. I wanted to be in church, like uh, God just like deposited stuff. Like, okay, I already have like a desire for certain stuff as a Christian. So when we went to that basis of Christianity, I thought to myself, like, why are they preaching a whole conference on this? Like, this should be automatic for people. Like, you should know, like, Bible. Like, you should want to read your Bible. You should want to go to church. Like, what is wrong with that? Like. What's going on? Like, are people like, losing the fire? And then, like, years later, it's like, oh, okay, now I know why. A, it doesn't never get old. And B, you get beat up, and it's like, uh, uh, grouchy old grumbling man, get off my yard, get away from my Bible, you know? Yeah. So it makes sense why that, that would. Well, if you look at other, other, and I'm not trying to, you know, hate on other fellowships or whatever, and, you know, other church, how the way other churches do things. Yeah. But um, just uh, moments ago, actually, like a few hours ago, um, I don't remember where it was at. Somewhere on the internet, there was this guy talking about, I don't know who, who this guy is. I know nothing about this dude. But he was, I, I guess he does like youth conferences, like mm-hmm. essentially, um, which is like, I guess like a conference, but for young people, yeah. you know, strictly like the younger generation. And he said that he doesn't mind doing overseas, no problem. But he can't stand doing it here in the States. Mm. And he said it's because it's all a big show. Mm-hmm. And this is very interesting because, you know, we're so rooted in, in our fellowship and yeah. how we do things and da da So hearing another church perspective is very interesting because he said that going to um, one, I think in L.A. or something in California. And uh, he had said that it's it's like it's all about games. It's all about feeding them. Mm. And then the, the preaching is like it's an entertainment it's mm-hmm. and they and he was saying that the leaders were telling him like you uh that you, you know young people have a short attention span that you know they're not going to pay attention so you got to grab them you got to do these crazy you got to dance for them you got to do all these crazy uh, you know entertaining things show. and uh, yeah you got to put on this big old show for them 
and to keep their attention, yeah. to keep them paying attention. And then to add to that, they also feel that, um, you know, you feed them, you feed them a lot. And so he was saying they're full of pizza, you know, and they, you know, that they, he, he's, uh, forced to cut his message because they wanted a certain way. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, he also felt like that, that you're not, your focus isn't like, telling them about god it's not telling them about jesus it's, it's about entertaining them yeah. and so he you know and i like again a motivator I yeah and i don't know who this guy is but yeah. he made a comment that that he was like you know these kids they they stay up for hours with instagram and mm-hmm. tiktok and all this stuff and you're telling me i can't stand 30 45 minutes of their time i have to give a 15 20 minute dancing message that's crazy you know and uh that was really i, I literally just saw that a few hours ago but uh it makes me think like how with ours, of course, we are geared for the upcoming generations. Mm-hmm. Um, but at the same time, there is a it is laced with longevity. Like our conferences are laced with like, keep doing what you're doing and you're going to see growth in yourself and in the next generation. Like you just keep doing this, this thing right here, which... I guess it's like a, a fellowship model we had from Pastor Mitchell of mm-hmm. keep the main thing, the main thing, yeah. you know, and, um, or I guess, what was it? The main thing is to keep the main thing, the main, the main thing. thing. yeah. And uh, this idea that of growth, and it's, it's kind of ironic because the last two sermons that we've heard were, were on growth, yeah. you know, and we just got into our new building and it's all about growth. Yeah. You know, it's all about like changing and right. upgrading, if you will, you know. Yeah, which is kind of a unique dynamic and I'm not... Uh, envious of pastor having to i really would like to find out that that's the question i would like to ask pastor i mean i would like to ask him what are some things that he's noticed since the new like just some of the dynamics that and the emphasis it's not this is building right it's like oh yeah, oh, yeah you got a building oh walls are different you know? but it's not so much that but there's a reality to it like okay there's a new building and the dynamics are different like there, there's just dynamics, but I want to know what he sees different because, like for us, like I say, like I talked about, like just ushering, just ushering, in ushering, like the dynamics are different because now there's all these different needs for it. Like people, like the more people need to show up, there more people are needed. Like there's more things to kind of keep. It's like okay, we could easily have stood in one spot and we can kind of keep a, a, a view of things, but no, it's not the case. Now we have to consider this or that. You know, different things to consider. I would like to see his perspective of okay, what are some like spiritual dynamics that you've noticed just from kind of entering in and now being in this building for a little bit? Like, what do you? What are some things that you see? So um, I'm curious about that. But at the same time, it's like you gotta we push for growth, and that's what we want. But at the same time, you you still kind of want to keep like that a, a spirit behind everything. You know what I mean? Because you can lose it. You can easily lose a lot of stuff. You lose the jump. Well, the whole idea, the whole reason of this is to you, listener, to force you to go to conference. <laughs> yeah. And for you, force you to join nursery. Join nursery. <laughs> that, is the, that is the one that uh, mm. we're always like, hey, Pastor, can you give us a shout out for us? We're going to a couple of guys. We have this thing from the sound side that we always feel like... Like it's almost a given we're gonna be forgotten on the thank you list. Oh yeah, like thank you. the nursery workers, right, right, right. ushers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know they're going down the list. Uh, 
video and like other tape room ministry. It's like they're bouncing around it. Like they don't say sound. The donut person, let's go. <laughs> it's all right. It's okay. The oh, people, well. the people that know, know, and they're the ones that congratulate. Like, <laughs> like we always, like after the play, when we do the judgment play. All of us that have mics are like, oh, thank God for you sound guys. So, <laughs> because, like, it, without y'all, like, we would look like idiots up there. You know what I mean? Like, so I am freaking, I am so grateful for that because, man, I have had uh, to not worry about that. I've yeah. only had to remember to make sure about, I remember my lines versus, like, uh, oh, no, the sound went out. What do I do? <sighs> well, yeah. I'm, I'm believing God and praying. I've seen a lot of growth over the years. Join sound. Yeah, getting sound for Join one, sound. <laughs> but but also I, I I do feel like the the baton is being passed. I'm seeing these young guys yeah. step it up. So you know it's it's kind of cool. I mean, I uh, talked to um, I talked to a couple of people. I've mentioned to Mary Grace too. That's it's like you know I, I don't mind like like yesterday. I'm glad that MJ like gave the report for what happened at the judgment play. It just feels like it said. It's that season where it's like, you know, I am so glad for a lot of the stuff that we were involved in. Um, after this today's service, I was really just grateful. I was like, God, you allowed me to be a part of stuff that I really had no business being part of. In my opinion, I don't have any business uh, going into Florida, Pioneer. I don't have any business taking over a church. I have any business, you know, with any of some of this stuff, at least in my mind. And so... He allowed me to be a part of that. It was fun. It was great. I enjoyed it. It's like now maybe it's a different phase or a different thing, which, uh, yeah, it's definitely a different thing that you want me to do. But now it's like I I want to see, like, some of these guys be able to enjoy that too. You know yeah. I, mean? I want them to be able yeah. to feel like it wasn't just showing up to church. And granted, like, for them right now, they love it. Like, they love the fact they can go to church. They love the fact that they can be fellowship. They love the fact that the sermons can minister to them. They love the outreaches that they're going on, all that stuff. I was like, man, you know, I, and this isn't like, oh, I love that too back then. Uh, but it's more like, yeah, I, I remember that too. But there's like, now you get, there's a threshold. Like, you can keep going. Like, yeah, man, that's fun. But dude, keep going. Like, yeah. and, and I don't want to stand in your way of that. Like, I want you to be able to, I want you to now kind of take center stage, if you will. You yeah. Know? And, and it's not like a, uh, I mean, some people say that, and, and then you look at me like, yeah, that's your. <laughs> all you're really saying that for is that you have a, a cop out, so you don't have to be in ministry right, anymore. That's right, the real right. reason why you're saying it. But and, and that's not that. It's just like I want to see like uh, I, I wanted to steady the flow. I would hate to be the person that's like perched as a rock, like uh, blocking like the water stream. You know, I right. want to kind of see like this. Yeah, it is about you know? the next generation. It is yeah. about other people rising yeah. up. I mean, we we all got our shot. Yeah. You know, we all we all have our shot in life, and so I think it's uh, it's great to let somebody else have their their uh, their moment, their their time to be able to see God do something, because they probably do a lot better job than what I did. Yeah. So that's what I want. You know, I want to see that happen. So well, Paul, thanks for letting me grab you out of the ghetto. Yeah, just to talk about conference. And now take me back so the ghetto bird can fly over my head. <laughs> really, again, the reason why I'm here is to say that the sound men have a really hard job yeah. and they should be appreciated more. Go sound and uh, go sound. All the ushers out there, keep uh, packing your guns. Yeah. <laughs>